Welcome to Financially Ever After, where award-winning and nationally recognized financial expert Stacy Francis will bring you savvy tips and words of wisdom on how to secure your financial future before, during, and after divorce. For 30 minutes every other week, you'll hear personal stories from women who have either faced or are currently facing this transition. In addition, you'll also soak up knowledge and inspiration from the industry's top legal, financial, residential, and mental health professionals. And now here's our host, Stacy Francis. Hi, Steve. I am so excited today because I have a, a dear, dear woman here, Jenny Douglas, and she's going to be giving us so much insight today and has real experiences of going through divorce and working with hundreds of women who actually have gone down um, that same similar path. Uh, about nine years ago, Jenny went through divorce and found herself a good lawyer, a good therapist, but still felt like there was a vital element missing in her recovery from divorce. And that really was a community of women traveling that same path that she was going down. To find that community, um, Jenny sat down, put together a workshop that has become unbelievably successful, really focusing for individuals separating and divorcing. And it's called Grief and Gratitude, which she began offering um, from your apartment. Yes, indeed. In Prospect Heights. Uh, within months, you had uh, gone ahead and collaborated with a great organization called Untied. And it's called the Thinking Women's Divorce Network. It's a great resource. And we actually had Elise Pettis here as a speaker here in the past. Um, and you've now worked with about 250 women who have mm -hmm. gone through the Grief and Gratitude Workshop. Yep. So tell me a little bit more about the workshop. And, you know, in particular, I, I after you do so, I want to sh share one of the mm -hmm. comments of one of the participants, mm -hmm. because I think it really does bring to light, too, of, of how powerful mm -hmm. this workshop really is. Sure. Well, I'm just thrilled to be here, Stacey. And um, I guess what I'd like to say is, you know, when I was going through my divorce, which was rather unexpected after a 17-year marriage and with two young daughters, I really felt like my life was over. Um, you know, for a period of time. And, you know, as I said, I, you know, stumbled my way through my life and, you know, did the things that I was told to do, which was, you know, as I mentioned, and any woman like me goes through, get myself a good uh, divorce lawyer and a good therapist. But I've really felt, um, you know, looking back that, um, you know, God bless good divorce lawyers and God bless good therapists. But what really helped me or not, but I should say, and cause that's something I actually say a lot in the workshops, we replace but with and in the spirit of the paradox that we all um, live with um, is what I what I really um, came to value was the idea of people who bore witness that, you know, in this world of people who are around you when you're going through a divorce, you know, I appreciated the voices of concern, appreciated less the voices of pity. There are all kinds of people and all kinds of responses, as we know, when we go through these huge junctures in our mm -hmm, lives mm -hmm. that are so painful. Um, and the, the people looking back who really helped me were the people who stood steadfast in my life, looked me straight in the eye, extended a hand and said, I will, I will stand with you. So, um, for that, you know, I, 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 self-help books can be helpful, um, 
but really just having uh, people around me who are willing to stand in the fire with me and Mm -hmm. um, be present for me as I made my way out of the woods Mm -hmm. was what was really valuable. So I I realized that I was sorely lacking a community of women who might be able to possibly do this for me and for whom I could do that for them. Mm -hmm. And so I sat down and I just kind of thought about um, all of the things that had proven helpful to me during my own experience that weren't readily accessible. within my reach of where I was in Brooklyn and I think are not necessarily readily accessible to a lot of women going through divorce. And that was, you know, poetry, sitting in a circle, uh, taking opportunity to share, to do writing exercises that I created. So one of the things that um, I found really helpful and that I did with my husband spontaneously after I signed my divorce agreement is I sat down and I wrote him a list of thank yous of things that I was really grateful to him for in the marriage, even as I was walking away from it. And um, I did that for myself. As it, as it turned out, I gave him this uh, sealed envelope. And you actually gave that to him. I did. And I think it was, um, it was, I think it was a little hard for him to digest. Um, mm-hmm. But I did it for myself because mm-hmm. I know that that's what I needed. I needed to be able to take stock and look back and uh, know that there was good in our web even mm-hmm. as I was uh, leaving it behind and moving on to a new life. And I knew that the only way that I could really uh, make my way into a new life was to come with my whole heart and my whole past. Yeah. Um, so so I took that. Uh, even though, as I said, my ex wasn't really able to respond, it didn't matter to me that much. I did it for myself. And that was the first exercise that I used in my grief and gratitude workshops with, with the women that I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, was this exercise of, of of thanking, even though it's so painful and it's a big ask for the women who come and sit in my living room with me or now in Elisa's living room in Brooklyn Heights. But that is one of the exercises we do. So tell me, tell me more about that, Jenny, because such pain, mm-hmm. anger, um, can be feelings of betrayal. Mm-hmm. It's hard to remember the good in that relationship mm-hmm. how how can you move yourself to that point where you can remember that um without exposing yourself to being hurt again well i mean it's a really good question and i, I think it is hard and it's supposed to be hard but yeah. that doesn't mean that we should avoid it yeah and i do think we live in a culture that oftentimes is very uncomfortable with difficult feelings and wants really hard to get us to snap out of it and feel better and i don't believe necessarily that that's the the most helpful way forward yeah so what i like to do in these groups is really just create a beautiful sort of sacred place for saying you know come with your broken heart and let's sit together and let's let's bear witness to each other and you share your broken heart and I'll share mine. So there's this Ubuntu, South African philosophy of Ubuntu that holds that the only way that I can be human is for you to reflect my humanity back to me. Mm-hmm. And that's a mm-hmm. big component of, I think, what happens in these gatherings. That We all have, I think, as sort of civilians, non-professionals going through a shared experience, yeah. even if the particulars of our experiences are different. And God knows, I've said, you know, I've been in, the, in my living room and Elisa's living room with with women of all ages, different financial circumstances, different um, kinds of heartbreak within the rubric of divorce, and yet there's a similar path where we do have the opportunity to extend a hand to each other. So I think um, it's absolutely true that it's a big ask to ask people to be 
uh, to see if they are able. I ask for people to just bring a sense of curiosity mm-hmm. to the experience. And mm-hmm. I never, everybody is always entitled to take a pass if, if the request that I'm asking is too hard. Um, and interestingly, even though there's a sense of difficulty, everybody uh, has something. I just say, mm-hmm. like, just find a little clearing in the forest on your blank page and see what there is. And maybe you're thanking your ex. And if that is impossible, which might be totally true, uh, you know, can you be thankful for, you know, the the sip of hot, strong coffee you had this morning when you woke up? Can you be happy for, you know, um, the blue sky? Can you, is there some bit mm-hmm. of gratitude that you can summon? Because it's been my feeling, well, this is related and not, but I do feel that the degree to which we can only be joyful, proportional to the degree to which we are able to grieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, a lot of these workshops, as I've sort of suggested, um, have to do with honoring paradox. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you know what? This marriage broke my heart. And also, um, it was the source of beauty. Mm-hmm. And a lo- I mean, there are some women who say absolutely not. But most women that I've encountered and worked with um, are able, even through their tears, to mm-hmm. see what was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it may be... The, the children you have absolutely that that were born into this marriage yeah and, and it may also be like recognizing I mean I feel like I'm a completely different woman nine years after my split than I was and I want to put my arms around the younger woman who I was who was married who might not have felt um deserving of what I now feel I deserve mm-hmm. um and that's a beautiful thing too my my marriage you know it's sort of the shadow side of things, but it helped me recognize what I, that I was worthy. Mm-hmm. And even if that recognition came with leaving the marriage. And that is unbelievably important. You have two amazing daughters, mm-hmm. both going to college in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, nine years later, mm-hmm. um, you know, how are they doing? Because I, I know for many women, that's mm-hmm. their first thing that they think about. Yeah. They, um they might stay because of the children. Absolutely. And I cannot, I mean, it's such, again, paradox. I feel, you know, nine years after my marriage, at the end of my marriage, um, or after finishing my marriage at the age of 53, I feel happier and wholer than I ever have in my life. And one can't underestimate the ache that your kids go through. So I mm-hmm. would never say, woohoo, you know, this happened to me. I'm saying, you know, this happened to me and we worked with it. And I will, you know, I think it was hard for my kids. And I think, you know, my ex and I had one of the more amicable divorces. I mean, he mm-hmm. lived a half a mile away from me in Brooklyn. Our kids and I shuttled. I mean, the, the shuttling back and forth was very painful to me. And the first morning that I woke up on a weekday in an empty house was, you know, just unlike anything I ever could have imagined for myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I will always bear. Um, it's sort of like a broken bone that's knit back together. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always going to be sort of bumps and scarring at mm-hmm. that break point. Um, and yet here we are. And I guess my feeling is, I mean, it's been difficult for me in the sense, and I, I think it's been no difficult for, I mean, it's difficult for me in the same sense that it is for any woman with children who goes divor- who gets divorced is the ache that we feel for our children. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, you, you know, and I, a lot of people right after the divorce and in the few years afterwards, people would ask me how the girls were. And it's such a tricky thing because they they seemed, um, you know, they were functioning, but it was difficult. And now that they're 21 and 18 and I think, you know, coming more into their 
their old, their more adult lives, particularly my elder one. Um, I think there's uh, there's a sense of kind of I, I think, well, I I feel proud that they have seen my resilience, mm-hmm. um, and I think that without being really obvious about it, I have modeled a kind of flexibility and a kind of optimism and a kind of willingness to dig deep and be there for them um, in the middle of everything that mm-hmm. I hope that they'll be able to absorb and, and you know, carry through with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to share um, a comment that just really struck me um, about your workshop and how, how powerful your, your work is. And one of the participants wrote, Jenny's grief and gratitude was a game changer for me. For the first time since my breakup of my marriage, I'm beginning to reframe my thinking about my marriage, separation, and future. Mm. So this void of of support for these women, of, of wanting someone to be able to stand there, mm. to stand with them through this process mm-hmm. um, when women leave we can see that there's a, a really big shift how, how does that how does that shift happen mm. because I know the women who are listening to this podcast are saying I I, I want that mm-hmm. I want that I want to have a shift mm-hmm. so that I can better travel through this difficult Mm -hmm. journey, be there for myself, be there for my children, Mm -hmm. be there for whoever it might be. Mm -hmm. How does that shift happen Mm -hmm. in a workshop that you meet for one day? Uh Is that right? Yeah. Well, it's not three hours. Yeah. It's not, it's not even that long. I mean, I would expect it to be numerous weeks on end. Right. And well, I mean, I have to, I want to be really, um, you know, clear and realistic. It is, it is a three-hour session. We do have some people who um, have loved it so much that they come back, come back, and mm-hmm. they're totally welcome to. We've experimented with grief and gratitude twos, although we've found that they are seem to be less necessary. And if, if I know in advance that certain people are returning, I'm happy to shuffle up the exercises mm-hmm. to make them still feel feel relevant. But also, I think one of the things that Elise and I communicate uh, really strongly is that yes, we are having this three-hour session, which I have created. Um, but also what we're doing is we're creating community. So I make it really explicit to the women who uh, show up. I follow up with an email afterwards, kind of with little nuggets of things that, uh, you know, were takeaways or poems that were shared or whatever spontaneous thing. And then I expose everyone's uh, email addresses with their permission with the idea that we're like we're creating an army. You're creating a community. Uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. So so that so in that sense, it's ongoing. And, um, you know, we have a, a Facebook page that Elise has done uh, that, that is that is established uh, per her um, organization, Untied, um, that is really there for women to continue to seek support after the grief and gratitude sessions. Yeah. So just in terms of like how to um, how to make that shift that so many women want or find themselves wanting, you know, after a huge life change like this. Um, one thing that has felt really important to me, I remember like somebody mentioning that Winston Churchill once said, when you're going through hell, keep going. 
Yeah, and then keep moving. Yeah, and then in a similar sense, I remember um, I encountered a, a few weeks after my divorce, or a couple, actually a couple months, I went to Australia to work for a, a conference called the Parliament of the World's Religions, and I encountered this fantastic nun named Joan Chittister, and I just sort of blurted out my story to her, and she just put her hand on my cheek, and she said, darling, keep walking through the fire. And I mean, that's really, to me, um, is just the most important thing that, you know, we're all impatient for change. Yeah. And it hurts so bad when you're in the middle of it. But just uh, being uh, just good to yourself and showing up for yourself every day. I remember when when my husband and I split up. And I will also say, like, you know, the, the, my divorce was not my decision. I definitely was complicit in our dysfunction, but I didn't see it coming, which is its own sort of set of circumstances, whether mm-hmm. you're the person who initiates or the person who's initiated on. Um so I was really reeling and I made a decision that I was going to, I don't even know where it came from, but I decided that I was going to show up for everything that happened to me. And so, you know, I felt like every day was a new country. There was the country of despair, the country of abject rejection, the country of freedom, the country of being a new student, the country of dating, the country of feeling old and decrepit and aging, the country of, you know, whatever, embarrassment. And I just thought, you know, I'm just going to be here for all of it. And I feel really grateful for that kind of conviction that came to me out of nowhere mm-hmm. the day that my husband decided that he didn't want to be married to me anymore. So that's sort of what I would, I think bringing a curiosity to your life is always, yeah. it, it makes for um, a more vibrant life, whether you're divorced or not, or whatever mm-hmm. your circumstances are. And I think bringing that that particular curiosity to, for women who are going through this this experience, mm-hmm. curiosity, patience, kindness, and being yeah. there for others. Yeah. You know, I remember like a couple years before my divorce, feeling really anxious about another set of circumstances, which is that I had been home with my girls for several years and was trying to figure out how to get back into the workplace and didn't know how I was going to do it. I remember sitting on a hilltop up in the Catskills just with crying by myself and just thinking, who can help me? Who can help me? Who can help me? And then like literally the skies parted. And there was like a blue patch of sky and it was like the words got re-scrambled and became, how can I help? And it was such an interesting moment. Like I just thought, okay, I can still have this question of who can help me. But in the meantime, why don't I make myself available to help others? And that like that became like just a little seed that carried me through even when I got divorced a couple years later. Mm -hmm. And I found that it, it really is. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a nice companion to those times when we feel like we're victims. Mm-hmm. Is remembering that mm-hmm. no matter what our state is, we're always in a position to help others. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think that's a great a great thought that you shared and a great tip because there are so many women who currently are married or, or maybe they're not. Um, they're going through the divorce process, but needing or wanting to get back into the workforce and feeling very overwhelmed. Yeah. For sure. Very overwhelmed. Yeah. And you shared the tip of just going out there and saying, who can I help? Right. And often that can be when 
a door or a window right. opens to an opportunity you never well realized. And on that note, I don't know that it's related, but maybe I can do a short departure. Yes, um, no, please. So in that spirit, after my divorce, I had gone to Columbia Journalism School years before. And as I say, I had been home with my girls. And then uh, soon after my divorce, an old friend of mine from Columbia Journalism School who was working in India said, hey, listen, you've got to check out. He asked me first if I would be willing to be an adjunct journalism professor at this small school, a journalism school for um, Indian students in southern India. And there was no way I could do it because I couldn't leave my kids for that amount of time. But he said, look, there's this uh, just, you know, near this journalism school is this fantastic boarding school for students from the Untouchables cast. And if you can get away even for a month, I know they would be hungry for volunteers. And I looked up the school and I was really just immediately taken by it. So I just thought I'm going to, at this moment when my heart feels most brittle and most afraid, I'm going to dare myself and I'm going to fly around the world and, you know, show up in the middle of the night at the Bangalore airport at 2 a.m. and hope someone has a sign with my name on it and be taken to the school to teach English or creative writing to eighth graders at this school. So long story short, or not long story short, couple weeks before I set off, I happened spontaneously to meet a, for a drink another divorcing friend in my neighborhood in Prospect Heights. I told her what I was going to be doing. Her eyes lit up. It turned, she's a documentary filmmaker. And she said, I want to come to this school, too. Flash forward six <coughs> years later. It's a net. We've gone to we went several times together. I both sort of I was straddling working with the kids and working on this production that didn't have a final outcome. But it became a Netflix series that debuted last month called Daughters of Destiny, a four-part Netflix series. So I guess what I want to say is to the point of just showing up for me, I mean, I've just, I've realized for my life, and thank God I'm 53 and can look back and see that there was kind of a divine, divine architecture to my own life, the map of my life for me, um, just kind of like showing up, being present, being of service where I was able to has actually ended up having these like beautiful companion pieces that did become like help me see my way back to yeah uh, working well you're being very modest because it was released in a hundred countries it was translated mm-hmm. into 30 different languages mm-hmm. that, well I was the story consultant I have to be very like but that's Vanessa that's amazing Rock was the director but I was very happy to in my own modest way help to midwife the, yeah. the coming into, you know, fruition. And that's great such, school. such an inspirational story, Jenny, because you are so not the only one of thinking what, you know, what can I be doing? Right. What is my purpose? Yeah. Um, and like you said, just putting yourself out there, doing something that's completely out of your right comfort zone without a doubt and I want to say on that note like it's so interesting like I remember I had so many images and around the time of my divorce and one was that like I was lying on the kitchen floor with you know the the china and the cups from the kitchen cupboard covered smashed all over the ground in front of me and I was like I thought in in this image that kept coming to me in my dreams and daydreams I was like dead in that moment when you open your eyes and realize, oh my gosh, like there's wreckage and you thought it would kill you, but you're alive and you take your first breath. There's this extraordinary opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I will say also, like, and this is what I really want to encourage and say to divorcing women, when you think your life is over, it may be cliche, but it's, it could be the beginning of something really beautiful and new. And 
going like really being um, humbled by heartbreak and uh, this feeling of just being so like everything has been thrown out the window that you you believed in perhaps or that you trusted um, as scary and hard as that can be uh, if you if you see your circumstances in the right light it can be and if you have humility and curiosity and fearlessness which is what divorce inculcated in me a certain mm-hmm. fearless like why not create a grief and gratitude workshop why not go to india why not be open to having that develop into a netflix series mm-hmm. um it's pretty extraordinary like when you let go of you know the yeah. life that you thought you were meant to have in the service of this life that this other life that's waiting for you it's a beautiful moment jenny do you feel like the more you deal with change the easier it gets Yes, definitely. I really look back and I think about how um, it's particularly when my kids were young and who can like, you know, I don't want to um, eschew the importance of giving kids stability and giving, you know, family stability and not wanting to rock the boat. So there, that's true. And that's there. And I think it's just like, it's the nature of life that yeah. change happens. We get older, we get sick, unexpected things happen to our children, to our parents, to our friends. And how do we develop kind of the emotional flexibility to be present for all that change around us and in ourselves? And, um, you know, th- th- there's grace mm-hmm. if we're open to working with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I w- had a wonderful conversation with a, a dear friend and she was uh, talking about her daughter and she's going through the divorce process and um her daughter was having you know issues with it of mommy and daddy getting divorced and um she was talking to me and telling me how uh, she spoke to her teacher at school and that her teacher talked about how dealing with change for everyone is hard but the more we we have to deal with change the better we get it Mm -hmm. and the better we can move through through it Mm -hmm. and her goal was to say you you need to strive to become a change superhero Mm, i love that i love that that's so beautiful that you know there you are with your, it can be Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. at least for me, in my mm-hmm. mind, I'm so excited about the Wonder mm-hmm. Woman series. There needs to be more of them out there of a strong woman, you know, flowing cape, dealing with change. Mm-hmm. That, you know, change superhero mm-hmm. is something that, um, you know, I feel like every woman going through this divorce process should hopefully be striving I for. totally agree with you. And I do feel like age helps that idea of like working with change um it's yeah. so like when you're young it's so sweet you look back and you're shiny and you have these very set oftentimes these set ideas of how things are going to go to make a life that you can imagine and you know it may go that way for quite a while yeah and i guess i sort of feel like i think i mean one of the things that elise has asked and i have been asked is you know you've been divorced nine years why are you still doing the grief and gratitude workshops aren't you healed and i am largely healed i'm, I'm pretty much healed I'm, I'm pretty happy um but i think like for me it's just such an honor to work with women at this moment and i think um like it's been said that the broken heart is the starting point for everything that matters mm-hmm. so it just happens that like divorce was in my wheelhouse but i do feel like as you get older 
there's no way you can't be hit by something. And so working with change, you Mm -hmm. know, that cliche of, um, you know, what what happens to you is less important than how you respond to what happens to you. And there we have agency every day. Yeah, is so important. Um, And I do find that in my sort of divorce women realm, the women who do well are those who are willing to just uh, you know, see their experience through sort of a multiple multiplicity of lenses, and um, yeah, just uh, the more rigid you are, the more difficult it can be. Yeah, we've gone through so much, and I want to make sure that we have time mm. also to find out how people can sure can get more information about grief and gratitude. But um, before we go, I I like to ask a lot of. Um, good questions Mm. and and two things i'd love to to ask you just Mm. um your words of wisdom Mm. that you could you know share in Mm. in a a sentence or two um in parting and then also what's your financially ever after Mm. and what does that look like for Mm. you okay so uh words of wisdom i was thinking this on my way here on the subway this morning and i was thinking um i guess like it's the mechanics of divorce, like figuring out how to financially empower yourself, that was all so, so scary to me during my marriage. And mm-hmm. this hasn't been a half hour conversation about, you know, financial dysfunction in marriage, which I would have been, you know, happy to talk to you about if it was a different show with a different thrust. But I had a lot of um, financial dysfunction, which I was completely a contributor to in my own marriage. And I think I was really, really scared about looking under the hood and figuring out what I needed to figure out in terms of retirement and mm-hmm. bank accounts and saving and investing it all just felt like gibberish to me so you weren't really involved in that no i mean it's, it's embarrassing i was i uh, you know i was married to someone who had some inherited wealth and that that has its own level of you know layers of complexity and during a big chunk of my marriage what i really wanted to do in a way that was completely unplanned or unexpected was i wanted to be home with my girls so i just kind of wanted just to like have that and not be thinking about this other thing. Mm-hmm. So there were you know, there were lots of things, but the point is for for to your question, I think I felt like the whole idea of empowering oneself financially was so scary, and I would I had such resistance to it. And what I have discovered in the past nine years is nothing is that hard. You know, just in terms of the financial piece, the emotional piece is what we've already talked about, and that is really can be really hard, and yeah. it can also be weathered. But you know, like. It's really okay. Like you can ask for help, and you know there were so many things. I was scared about being the sole like responsible person for our family car because I was afraid that I was going to end up in a ditch in the middle of the night, and who would help me? And I really had the opportunity in divorce to kind of like face those demons and see that they they weren't these scary goblins that I carried with me in a very quiet sort of ashamed way during my marriage. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I really feel like I want divorced women to know is that even though like sorting one's finances out might seem incredibly daunting and incredibly scary, it's doable. It really is. I so appreciate you sharing that mm-hmm. because you, you are so not the only woman mm-hmm. that feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel that way in particular about the TV and the remote. Uh-huh. In fact, I, I lost it with my husband uh, about a month ago because I couldn't turn it on. I'm mm-hmm. like, if you die or we right. get divorced, I'm screwed. I know. <laughs> then you realize you can call it. 
a TV clicker person. I know, I know. <laughs> you know I realize that. To and call, but we get in our grooves in marriage. I know, get and then you habits. start to, yeah, and you, you just think, assume. oh, like, I mean, I thought, who's going to take the garbage out on Sunday nights? I was like, oh, and I remember really feeling victimized in those first winter months when I was having to do it. And then I'm like, now I do it, and there's no attachment to it. So what? Yeah. But, you know, we can, we get in our roles, our fixed roles, if we've been married for a while, yeah. and we can feel afraid to touch the other role and it's not a big deal yeah so it sounds like your financially ever after is that now you are in control of your finances i am and i don't know where things are about it and you know i do i have a lot less money than i had in my marriage i wouldn't say it's sobering i kind of like i mean for me i just i i know where every penny is there's still stuff that i have to learn but I'm really like approaching my today and my tomorrow with a sense of like wide open eyes, open heart, confidence. Um, and I really feel like that those qualities and intentions and orientations are, are available to any woman going through a divorce. Well, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your amazing story, your wisdom and everything your heart um with our amazing podcast listeners today so thank you you. it's such a privilege being here and stacy how do we learn more about what you do sure well you can uh visit our website we actually offer it's called a second opinion so if you have any questions about your current portfolio or your finances uh, will take you through our second opinion process to help you better understand where things are, um, how it looks, and if it's if it's right for you. Um, the best way to reach out to us is to email me, Stacy S T A C Y, at francisfinancial.com, or you can visit our website. Um, it's a beautiful website and it gives you a lot of information, particularly about the second opinion, and that's francisfinancial.com. Um, I also want to make sure, Jenny, that people can understand more about the grief and gratitude workshop um, and getting through to that is it via your website or untied the best thing to do really is they're all I do the workshops in collaboration with Elise Pettis at untied.net that's the website address name untied.net and there you'll see all kinds of offerings for women um, mainly in the tri-state area, but I think there may be plans to expand and, and Elise is certainly, uh, you know, reachable regardless of where you live. So it's untied.net. There is a calendar. The grief and gratitude workshops, to my knowledge, are offered every six weeks to two months or so. So not all the time, but um, and I'm always open to doing them more as needed. We're going to be going up to Toronto at the end of October because there's been some interest there. Exciting. So, um, you know, I, and I can. Yeah. So that's a good way to reach Elise and and the workshops. And Elise can always uh, turn anyone who wants to on to makes. We're dear friends. That's great. That's great. And it sounds like if there's enough interest. Yeah, we'll um, do anything. I mean, oh, I'll happily go, you know, wherever, especially if happy. it's a nice place. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And uh, for us listeners here, just so you know, we had a wonderful, wonderful podcast with Elise Pettis, uh, also of Untied. So you can look that up to find out more information about the organization. But please do, please do visit their website, untied.net. Um, it's just a fabulous resource for women and they have just fantastic programs and resources for women going through this difficult process so thank you for being here jenny and thank you. you to our listeners for financially ever after 